As you all know, Art and I are big supporters of organics, so we are really excited to say that this episode of Well and Good is brought to you by Series Organics. They have a really wide range of certified organic products, chemical-free and with no genetic modification at all, ensuring a healthy future for you, your families and the planet. Howdy, folks. Hey, guys. And welcome back to the podcast. Today on the potty, we have someone really interesting. His name's Ross McDougald, and he is a chemist that has worked for all of the big, well, the major skincare brands, um, but he basically got sick of it. So now he's gone out on his own, and he started his own skincare brand called Biology, along with a few other companies, which he touches on today. Um, and he knows... He knows a lot about skincare. I mean, I thought I knew a lot about skincare, but uh, turns out I don't. Mm. <laughs> you know a lot about uh, how to get a lot of products. And how to apply them to my face. Mm, mm. Yes, and how to take up all the space in our bathroom with products. <laughs> yeah, I should count them actually. Oh, that'd be embarrassing. Anyway, so Ross has some really amazing insight into some of the crap that goes into regular skincare products. Um, including the one product that's full of the stuff that's used in car coolant. Ooh, mm-hmm. that was a good mm-hmm. little, a little taste there. sound bite. Yes, that was really, really good. Uh, we also talk a lot about vitamins, which I found very interesting. And we sort of, he lifts the lid so to speak, on uh, how a lot of vitamins are probably a waste of money. Um, and his other uh, his businesses, which he goes into in the potty, um, are all about extracting plant extracts in their purest form forms, um, which is very interesting. And I think it's going to be a, an interesting space to watch. Mm-hmm, definitely. So he's a really passionate guy who loves a yarn, as do we. So hopefully you get as much out of listening to him as we did. Enjoy. All right. Well, welcome, Ross. We're very excited to have you on today. Thanks, Matilda. It's really nice to be here after spending several months doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's been such a crazy time, hasn't it? Hey, so, Ross, a few, I think it was like last year sometime, Maddie went to a seminar or a talk that you were giving uh, and she came home and she was like, blown away. She's like, oh my God, I just got home. I spoke, I listened to this guy Ross speak about the skincare, about all these different things. And, and like, you know, vitamins, it's a waste of money. Like they they aren't doing what they say they're doing to you and all sorts <laughs> of things. And I was, um, you know, I want to hear more about all this. I was very excited. I, I loved your talk, Ross. It was very interesting. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so, should we start with a little bit of um, background on you? So, so you are a skincare chemist or a cosmetic chemist, would you say? So, um, can you tell us a little bit about what that is and how you got into it? Sure. Uh, okay. So, I've I've been in the cosmetic industry for just over thirty years. Um, I've done a lot of work with a lot of multinationals in terms of developing products that are currently on the market or were on the market. I've also been involved in many uh, developing phytoactives in for skincare actives. I've been in the industry trying to work out what's best for the skin and what's not best for the skin. I realised the industry likes to develop products and marketing claims that may not, you know, transfer to the skin per se. I got to a point where I lost, I was, became disillusioned with the industry because uh, 
being who I am and, and being what I want to be, I wanted to deliver products that actually worked for the skin. And unfortunately, the, the industry is far more focused on making money than developing products that actually work. So you get to a point where you think, well, what's the best way forward here? Uh, we, we got to a point when I was developing products that to actually get any benefit to the skin or perceived benefit, you'd be putting synthetics like uh, silicones, glycols and a myriad of other things that weren't beneficial to the skin but would, I guess, give a, a pseudo result on the skin that you would perceive the, the consumer would think, oh, it's actually doing wonders to my skin. But, but in actual fact, prolonged use of these things would cause more damage to the skin. I took it upon myself to start, you know, I guess when I started moving away from what I was doing, the raw food movement was gaining traction. And you could see that if you, you know, and, and it's always been said, you know, I mean, if you look back to our parents and also our grandparents, you know, they, were, uh, they would eat vegetables out of their garden or they'd buy vegetables from a local producer. Uh, and they had a far better healthy lifestyle than what we currently live in. And the raw food movement also made me realise that, that plants are exceptionally important to us. So I started on this journey back in 2008 where I started looking at how plants operate and how they produce their nutrients and where they, how those nutrients were stored and how they were moved around the plant and what the plant used them for. And, and you start realising that plants are fairly, well, they're very unique and they produce many phytonutrients Actually, in the world, there's about 25,000 different phytonutrients that are produced by plants. We, uh, I started looking at these and trying to find out what, how, what these were really good for and, and what, what they were good for, for a human intake as well. And you find out that it comes to reason and the logic comes to reason that because we've evolved, humans have evolved with plants, we've actually taken on a lot of the attributes of plants in, in terms of what nutrients plants produce we also require as well mm-hmm. um, so you understand that our cellular makeup is very similar to plants in terms of phytonutrients and how our cellular makeup acts like plants as well and, it, and it's and it's because we've evolved together so when you start when I started looking at well wow when we eat raw foods like vegetables and fruits, we get to understand what we get, when we eat them, we feel so much better. And it's because we're getting pure nutrients from plants by consuming them. And a lot of the nutrients, people will say that you will dissolve them through your stomach and into your system through that way. But I actually believe that we, a lot of the nutrients we absorb are through the oral cavity, uh, through the, um, the mucous membranes in our mouth because a lot of the nutrients are absorbed through the skin and I'll go into further detail I, how I know all of this. So because our stomachs are a harsh environment and a lot of nutrients are destroyed in that environment. So I went, well, there's no way these nutrients, which are very, very unstable molecules, could survive in that environment. Mm-hmm. So then I just obviously we started studying how those nutrients in the plant were actually stable uh, because we found out once you pull those nutrients out of the plant in a in a workings, the nutrients broke down and they become inactive. 
And so we realised if we were going to pull those nutrients out, we'd actually have to pull out the liquid matrix or the PNP or the phytonutrient protection system inside a plant. Those keep those uh, nutrients stable. So we started Mm -hmm. working on an extraction system that could do that, and that took several years. But in around about 2011, 2012, we came up with an extraction technique that was quite crude, uh, but we could do that. And the first thing we realised was that we could actually pull vitamin C out of a plant and keep it stable. Now, and that was a, that's a world's first. No one's been ever been able to pull pure natural vitamin C out of a plant and keep it stable. And it was because we'd actually done all the homework to find out how a plant actually protects it, protects its nutrients. We then go, we started going down this track with all the other nutrients that we could find inside uh, the plants that we were testing. And most of them were Australian native uh, at, at the time. Uh, and what we also found is that we were finding nutrients that no one had ever seen in a plant before because what we were doing is we were pulling out nutrients that uh, in their raw form inside a plant are, are different to the stuff that we actually consume or inside our bodies because what we're consuming or what we're taking is the breakdown product of those nutrients. Say, for example, a classic example is ascorbic acid. Uh, and vitamin C. Now, everyone will tell you ascorbic acid is vitamin C. It's not. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sorry, vitamin C is a carbohydrate and it is not acidic. It has a pH of around about neutral, around about 7. Ascorbic acid has a pH of around about 2. It's exceptionally acidic and it's because it's broken down. Uh, So we realised that obviously if that's happening to vitamin C now, remember vitamin C is an exceptionally unstable molecule and it has to be because it's an antioxidant. All antioxidants are unstable molecules because they grab onto the free radicals that we produce and take them away and, and, and I guess, eat them up. And But then once that free radical has been consumed by the antioxidant, the antioxidant becomes deactivated. It can't be used anymore. So you've got to constantly replenish your antioxidants in your body. But if you're replenishing your antioxidants with supposed antioxidants that are already being neutralised, then you're not getting any benefit from what those whatsoever. So we realised that we'd come up with this incredibly unique way of pulling the nutrients out of plants or the antioxidants out of plants and keeping them in their unstable, stable format, if you can understand what I'm saying there. Mm-hmm. And deliver them straight to the skin and that's the reason why biology works so quickly and so well uh it's yeah. a it's and it and it was something that we didn't realize and it was so confounding when we decided to launch biology that the results what we saw was just just like people with really bad problems with their skin were seeing results within 24 to 48 hours it's unheard of, and yeah. I'm really proud of what we've done. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, just just a quick question on the antioxidant stuff and the free radicals. So, so why do we need the antioxidants? Like, what are the free radicals doing? What damage are they doing? How are they doing it? Well, okay, so free radicals are, are like hydrogen molecules, uh, oxygen molecules that are, that fly around our system uh, and and, you know, bombard our, our cellular structure, damaging it. Uh, and it's crazy that I've just realised that we always talk about 
we've got to protect our skin from free radical damage from pollution and, and environmental factors. And yes, that is the case. But we've just recently realised or found that most of the free radical damage that was occurring to us is actually coming from inside us from uh, when we breathe or oxygen metabolise, when we uh, metabolise oxygen. And a lot of, I know that we breathe it out, but a lot of the air that we breathe out is also pumped out through our skin and goes out through the pores. And so, and hence that's the reason why a lot of people say that our skin breathes. Well, it doesn't breathe, it doesn't take in oxygen. It just expels the, um, the free radicals out through the skin. Uh, so that's, you know, that was something that we went, oh, wow, that's, that's an interesting factor. So it, the, the free radicals over time will damage any part of your skin unless they're taken away. Now, free radicals will cause inflammation and inflammation is the major cause of all diseases in our body. So if you actually work back from that, if we're, if we, if we're able to, the only way we're going to fix disease is to fix inflammation. And the only way to fix inflammation is to remove the free radicals. And the only way to free, remove free radicals is to consume or use antioxidants that are actually active. And that's it. Um, it it's pretty simple, but it's delivering those free radicals that are still active is the crucial part here. And that's what we've done. So... When you say, so you, you've been able to basically create antioxidants that are stable. Yes. So um, before this, you basically have to eat uh, a piece of fruit or something that has antioxidants in it to consume yes. those antioxidants while they're, they're still being active. Now, what about, um, so just putting, I'm just thinking like putting skin skincare aside, mm-hmm. like with, with vitamin C, going back to vitamin C, is... Are you, are you saying so all of the vitamin C pretty much that you'll get in the, um, in the pharmacy, um, in, a, in a little pot or a little jar container, that is all, is it mostly all ascorbic acid? Yeah, there's no such thing as, uh, vitamin, there is no such thing as vitamin C other than from a fruit or from right. a plant. Anything that you would buy or consume is ascorbic acid. And it's all synthetically made in factories. There is no ascorbic acid that comes from plants. It's all made in a factory. Uh, and the reason why it is because, and, and the unfortunate thing is, we're not as smart as plants or nature. We can't produce vitamin C in an environment that keeps it stable. The, the best thing we can do is produce the used up version of vitamin C, which is ascorbic acid. And it doesn't have the antioxidant potential of vitamin C. Right. So have, have you been able to create something that is stable? Yes. Um, and do you see yourself kind of moving into not just the skincare market with that, but more for a pharmaceutical product? Yes. Or, um, okay. Yeah, have you, yeah, look, uh, we've, um, we're, we're developing a nutraceutical business uh, around exactly the same concept as biology. Uh, we are cre- presently developing seven products in that range that we will be launching this year. Uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, we'll have a, we're, we're just going through the throes of, of 
getting TGA, so there'll be all listed medicines, um, but every single one of them will be from a plant, a plant extract. Not one of them will have anything added to it that's synthetic and we'll be using things like broccoli and spinach, uh, all your, your, your standard vegetables and fruits that are critical to not only, you know, people like our age or, or you guys are younger than me, um, but, you know, products that are really good for people who are my age, people are your age, but also kids. You know, like um, I know that you've got a, a child but probably, but, you know, when people, uh, parents just pull their hair out when they go, my kids won't eat broccoli or spinach or kale or things like that. Yeah. Imagine being able to deliver the nutrients, the minerals and the vitamins from those plants but without them having to chew it, just being able just to consume it. That those nutrients, yeah. it would be mind-blowing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be amazing. Well, especially because um, now with our vegetables from um, supermarkets, like some of them are from the other side of the world, they've been frozen, so the nutrients in them is actually far less um, than should be there with a lot of fruit and vegetables, would you say? Oh, absolutely, Matilda. I think that um, it's, you know, like the, the one thing that I've read, well, just doing all of this work is that a lot of the fruit and vegetables that we eat have been chosen because they, or they've been, oh, I guess, manipulated in a way to make them look bigger, uh, make, you know, the colour looks nice and they look perfect, but you actually scratch the surface of these fruits and vegetables and they've got no taste. They've got no nutrients in them because they're mass produced. Um, it's, it's like I always look at the carrot and everyone goes, oh, carrots are orange. Well, no, originally they were purple. Um, and they had like purple carrots have got far more nutrients than the orange ones. And, um, and I scratched my head, why did we do this? You know, why did we do, why did we decide that we knew better than nature in what <sighs> nutrients or what no nutrients we were delivering? Like, it's crazy, but we yeah. now, like all of our analysis, we extract a lot of plants that are unripe because it's, the unripe ones have actually got more nutrients than the ripe ones. And the, and the reason for that is as, as things ripen, the nutrients break down into their sugars and acids and we only eat the ripe stuff because it tastes nice. It might not be good for us, but it tastes nice. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a um, – so what we're trying to do now is trying to understand, like we all know how well uh, minerals and and vitamins are, are good for our body, but we, what we know, we know now that we need about one gram of minerals and vitamins per day. But we've done our work now, and we know that you need about eighteen grams of phytonutrients compared to one gram of vitamins and minerals. And so you think, why hasn't that ever been addressed? There is no nutraceutical products on the market that addresses that. And so that's the reason why we've addressed that in our range that we're going to be launching this year, that we've got a stack of phytonutrients plus the vitamins and minerals, all from plant sources, nothing, it's all 100% natural and it's just from a plant. That's really exciting, actually. I, I take them every day um, and Lucy, uh, my wife, and I have, haven't been sick for years. 
Uh, we wow. just, you know, for three years. And it's, um, and, and the funny thing is, Matilda, uh, the nutraceutical range came from the fact that we started eating biology. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's such a that's such a great backstory. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to kind of ask about that the kind of the relationship between, um, I guess, digesting, uh, well, ingesting these vitamins and putting them on your skin. Because I mean, I'm kind of led to believe that the the skin is like another mouth for your body, and that you absorb so much through your skin. So, like how how much do you actually absorb through your skin? And because um, I know things like, uh, I mean, it's a mineral, but magnesium apparently is you know far better absorbed through your skin than orally. So magnesium sprays are um, potentially the best way to get uh, a dose of magnesium. Are there some other? Do you have any information about that sort of stuff? Yeah. Well, funny thing is, uh, uh, we've just done the full mineral profile of all the sprays, all the products. So the products that we're going to be delivering in this new brand will all be oral sprays. Um, so you'll just spray it into your mouth. Uh, you won't have to, and it just absorbs through your oral cavity. Uh, oh, we, wow. Yeah, so they're a fairly unique way of delivery system, but we already know that all of our supplements that we'll have all have magnesium, iron, selenium, uh, calcium, phosphate, uh, phosphorus and all of the basic minerals—they're already in there, and they're all. And so the crazy and the most amazing thing, and, and I'm so proud of, is every single one of those mineral elements all come from a plant. They are not added synthetically, or, or as foods like to say, fortified, or or um, uh, they're not added naturally yes. derived. Yeah. So that's yeah. the thing. It's it's like we're pulling out the nutrients the minerals and the vitamins from a plant and delivering them in the plant's liquid matrix that keeps them stable straight into our oral cavity or into our skin because that's what these things do. Uh, and that's the reason why they work so well because the plant, and I'm sorry, I digress here a little bit, the plant produces a liquid matrix or a phytonutrient protection system or PMP as we call it um, that protects nutrients from being attacked by oxygen and water which, you know, so the air and water are full of free radicals that want to destroy these nutrients. So the plant produces this liquid matrix that stops them, stops these free radicals getting in there. The other thing that plant produces is a thing called a biokey, uh, which allows the nutrients to flow into our cellular structure quite quickly. And as the cellular structure opens up and takes these nutrients in, the cellular structure uh, is able to release all the toxins that the cells are actually holding. And so what you see is you will see a, I guess for a bit of a word, word of it, is a detoxification of your system as the nutrients are delivered, the toxins are taken away and your cells become better and healed a lot quicker because the nutrients are in there, but the toxins are removed. So you get this detoxification straight away and then your cellular structure gets better. And so, as I said to you before, disease, inflammation, antioxidants, you can go the other way, delivering the antioxidants that removes the inflammation and reduces disease. Yeah, that's fascinating. So, okay, so we've got a bit of a wait on uh, on this until you, these new products will be available. Is that Correct. right? Correct, yeah. yeah. Um, we're just working on them now. Uh, it's... It's, I've been working on them for 
a year and a half now with with Lucy, my wife. We've been doing a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of um, work in regards to just making sure that they work, and we've got the right combinations of particular uh, phytonutrients. Each one, except for one, uh, each one uh, has about four to sorry three to four uh, extracts in it. Uh, so, like for example, we have a group. I'll just tell you, we have a greens and a reds extracts because uh, we want to deliver all the green nutrients and all the red nutrients. Uh, what we found is that if you if you delivered uh, all the reds and the greens together, you do get a crossover where some of the green nutrients and the red nutrients will actually cannibalize each other. So you don't get the pure. You don't get a really great delivery of the them sep- uh, together, so you, you have to deliver them separately. So, mm-hmm. so it's 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 a it's a real. Uh, what we've learned is that we have very little knowledge about about the best nutrients for us, but we under we're getting to a better understanding of of how complex this is. Um, but if you actually think about it, it's fairly logical. It's really really quite logical how if you just eat pure nutrients. Uh, from a plant, you're always going to be a lot better off than taking them synthetically. Yeah. Uh, it's, and, you know, it's like, uh, uh, and unfortunately, uh, and I don't, you know, there's a lot of vegans and vegetarians out there, but our body needs animal uh, nutrients as well. And it's not because I'm an animal lover and all of, you know, and that, it's just the fact that, you can blame our ancestors because our ancestors have been eating meat for many, many years or many mm-hmm. thousands of years. And those, those, and so our body's gotten used to those nutrients from animals. And so those animals, nutrients we require as well. Uh, so we can't get away from, we need to supplement the nutrients from animals as well to a lesser yeah. degree than vegetables and fruits. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess, yeah, because like you just mentioned, we evolved um, to consume those uh, meats. And But you also touched on it before that we uh, we also evolved with plants and we um, and so that's why we do need to consume them or I guess, uh, yeah, have, have them in there as close to whole form as possible because our systems are so intertwined, I guess. Oh, absolutely, art. I mean, it's, it, you know, I, I would love to see um, more veggie patches in our backyards, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's a bit of a trend going back to that, though, which is quite exciting. And I think especially during lockdown, it was really um, quite fascinating to to see how um, all, like, the seedlings and our um, local plant place were all sold out of um of veggie seedlings and um, vegetable plants, which was really exciting because it just goes to show people are thinking, oh, okay, well, am I going to have to start growing my own food? And so we're slowly moving back to how how we started in terms of growing your own food and eating locally. Um, yeah, and Living I think as close to nature as yeah, possible. Yeah, totally. I think that's the way to go, absolutely. Yeah, it's, you're so right, Matilda. I mean, it's, you know, it, we've, we've seen it here in Australia that, you know, that we've got more farmers markets now and a lot more people are, are, are embracing that, which is great. It's great for not only our health but our children's health because 
you know, the statistics don't lie. I mean, autism rates in children are through the roof. You know, it's I'm astonished mm. that I see so many couples that need IVF these days to to have children. It's like, you know, we're, yeah. we've all become so inflamed and tox, toxified by what we've been eating. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and you know, it's it comes back to that old saying. You know, it's you know, you you are what you eat. Um, yeah, couldn't agree and, more. Yeah, with you. absolutely. And just with those toxins, like in the which you know come through in the plants and vegetables that are grown in ground that have been uh, grown using synthetic fertilizers. Um, uh, herbicides, pesticides, all that sort of stuff can then, you know, be in that plant or vegetable and then goes into us. And that can be a bit of a chemical uh, toxicity that is loaded onto our system. What about with the um, plant extracts that, you, um, that you're able to extract? Like, do you have to be careful what um, plants you are using in the first place? Like, do you try and um, get them, like, I guess, use organic um, plants or do do these other do these sort of chemicals and toxins not come through once you extract them, or how does that work? That's an awesome question, Mark. Uh, and I, uh, that's excellent. Yes, and we've we have addressed that. Okay, so the, the number one thing is yes, we all use organic material if we can, uh, certified organic. Uh, but obviously, not everything can be certified organic. Uh, most toxins that the body holds onto and becomes toxified and inflammation occurs are oil-soluble. The reason being is that the body can't excrete oil-soluble toxins and so it just sits in our system. Uh, a great example of that is how people can only use a certain amount of vitamin A or retinol because if you use too much of it, your body can become inflamed or uh, and become toxic to it because the body doesn't know how to get rid of it. So that's the reason why we've decided not to try and go after the, the uh, oil-soluble uh, nutrients such as vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin K. Uh, so we just picked on the, the water-soluble nutrients and most water-soluble nutrients, um, so actually all soluble, water-soluble nutrients, if the body has enough of it in its in, in inside its cellular structure, it just excretes it. And so anything that is in excess of what you're delivering will be re- removed through the lymphatic system and, and obviously out of, your, out of your body. So you don't become de- become toxic through water-soluble nutri- uh, nutrients. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's we didn't want to go down the oil-soluble path because it is what with danger. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can supplement. I mean, obviously you, you need your omega, th- omega three, sixes and nines, but, you know, you can have that through eating fish or nuts. And uh, most, most oils in plants or all oils in plants or all fixed oils or carrier oils or fatty acid oils are in the seeds of the plants. Uh, we don't extract the seeds. And so if you want those fatty acids that are good for your body, eat, eat almonds and nuts, uh, seeds. Uh, they're, they're good for you. Um, or fish. Uh, fish is a, a great way of delivering um, some excellent nutrients in, you know, for oil-soluble requirements. Mm-hmm. 
Here's a quick message from our sponsors, Series Organics. Short on time, maybe you're looking to swap out meat for more plant-based options? Introducing new jackfruit meals from Series Organics with three delicious flavours, barbecue, Mexican and Thai. You've hit the easy plant-based meal jackpot. Yep, it really is a jackpot, and they're incredibly quick and easy to heat up, and you can just add them to whatever creation you like. Put them on your nachos, throw them in a taco, put them on some loaded fries, have them on rice, maybe in a burger, even a salad. Gluten-free and vegan, made with pure, wholesome ingredients. So if you're wondering what jackfruit is all about, jackfruit is a sustainable crop and has a similar texture to shredded meat, which makes it a really versatile plant-based meal. So ask for them at your local supermarket, health food store, or check them out at www.series.co.nz. That's C-E-R-E-S.co.nz. So just on uh, skincare... Um, can we talk a little bit about um, your opinion on the state of the industry now? Um, like, are we getting better in terms of um, natural ingredients, or do you think that most companies are kind of greenwashing, for want of a better term? Oh, that's wow. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, big that's, question. <laughs> that's an awesome question. Okay, I. Um, the best way to answer that is that I think there is a lot of conscious uh, owners of skincare brands that sit in the natural organic area that want to deliver a product that's as good as biology. Um, but they may, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, well, possible way, they don't have the understanding or the knowledge in skincare to, to deliver that and they leave it up to a chemist or a formulating chemist to, to develop those products. When you develop a product um, per se, you develop it in a way, and most people would like to say that they develop a product to make it visually look lovely, uh, it smells nice, it, the packaging looks good, and so the consumer is attracted to it. Um, the, the problem is, the skin doesn't care. <laughs> you know, the skin does not care yeah. what it looks like, what it smells like. It's just got to have something in there to make it, you know, heal itself or, or make it feel better. So when you develop a product and it's got, say, for example, a fragrance or an essential oil in it, it's got emulsifiers in there which are all synthetic um, and you've got other things in there that fill it out. The skin doesn't know what to do with those nutrients. You've got to understand that skin has uh, our cellular structure has evolved over millions of years, and it's evolved with certain nutrients that it's been we've consumed to make our cellular structure. Our cellular structure doesn't know what to do with new fangled chemicals that we produce synthetically, that that we may say are inert and won't damage the skin, but the skin still doesn't know how to use it. Uh, so, and you can't tell the skin that you can't tell the skin what to do. So the skin just rejects it, and that's where we we we, we sit at the present moment. So to answer your question, most skincare brands don't have an idea about how the skin operates, and that's the critical point here. I'm trying to make is that we we can only deliver. If you really want a skin brand that helps the skin, just deliver things that it actually needs and not the things that it doesn't. 
Uh, and that's the reason why biology is just a single extract from a plant because it's got huge amounts of phytonutrients and that's all your skin wants. Uh, it's pretty simplistic, but mm-hmm. it works. And biology, as I say to everyone, biology is probably the largest clinical trial, well, it is the largest clinical trial I've ever done and it still is today uh, because we didn't realise when we put, put, put biology together, that it was just going to have the impact it has had on, on so many consumers' skin and, and the positive results. Um, and, yeah, some people say to us, why doesn't it have a smell? It, it, it feels so different to every other brand. Yeah, well, the reason is is because we're just delivering nutrients. Um, mm. We don't and, – and that's it's just that simple. And the crazy thing is most skincare brands have about 80% water in them. It's the most expensive water in the world and you don't need <laughs> to deliver water. We just, we can, you know, we don't need it. Uh, we just need the nutrients. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I because um, I came home from your uh, talk, I think it was last year, and and that's what I said to Art. I was like, apparently quite, well, most skincare is like, Eighty percent water, and so I so I checked all of my um, skincare products, and I had like I don't know fifty in the cupboard or something, and I was checking them all, and every single one of them, the first ingredient was water, and and then a lot of them um, had quite a few words that I couldn't even pronounce, <laughs> and and I had bought them based on the marketing that that has said it's organic lavender or it's organic something, um, but that was usually the last ingredient. Um, from a list of words that I couldn't pronounce, and the last tiny one said organic lavender. So, you know, it would have been a little drop in the bucket of this product, and it made me think we we really have no idea about what we're actually putting on our skin when we buy these products, do we? Because they lure us in with saying with organic something, but just because it's with organic something doesn't mean that the whole um, the whole product is all organic. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. Um, so, so do you do you think that we have a bit of an ethical marketing problem at the moment? Because um, it can be really con- uh, confusing for consumers trying to buy natural products, but not really knowing what that even really means. Because in a sense, everything can be considered natural. Oh uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's. I mean, um, one of my favourite things to say to people is that if we actually use the uh, the way most brands talk about synthetics uh, and that they're naturally derived, then we can say that plastic is naturally derived because yeah, yeah. yeah plastic came from petroleum, petroleum came from plants many, many years ago, many thousands of years ago, but plastic's naturally derived as well. So where do we draw the line? I mean, I, I actually think that if you get a substance from a plant and you manipulate it in some way, it's synthetic, full stop. Mm. The only way that's natural is if you pull it out of a plant and that's it. There's no alter, alteration. And if you actually if you use that rule of thumb, then I think nearly every skincare brand in the world has a synthetic additive. Yeah. Full yeah, stop, easy. And then why... Why are synthetics bad for the body? Like, what is the effect? Is it inflammation or is there a bit more to it as uh, well? Yeah, you, 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 you mentioned that they just kind of, um, they do a little, like potentially make a little bit of positive 
sort of a visual yeah. effect or, or something? But it's oh, not Matilda, a- that's, I, I love that question. Thank you for asking it. Okay, so synth- synthetics. Yes, yeah, some synthetics have been developed for a particular reason and they are really good for that reason. For example, when we want to wash our hair or wash our skin, we need a surfactant or a a foaming agent to remove the dirt and the grease off our skin or from our hair. Uh, We, in in a way, so we had to create surfactants um, or detergents. Um, And so they actually do do a good job, but they wash off us. So it, it doesn't cause too much problem to us. It's, you know, and there's a couple of other synthetics that fall into that category as well. What annoys me is that we seem to, brands seem to claim, as you were saying about the organic lavender, with organic lavender, with this, with that. Mm-hmm. But what's actually doing the skin feel is the synthetics in the product, like, as I think I said, the emulsifiers, the silicones and the glycols. And these things... Uh, our illustrious scientific community will say are inert or they don't actually pose any toxic problems to our to our systems. And, you know, and to some extent I agree with them. The issue is, and this is the issue that they have not addressed, is that these things are unrecognisable to our cellular structure our cellular structure doesn't know what to do with these things because they've never seen them before. So they just think, oh, what do I do? Do I just get rid of them or do all I absorb them into my cellular structure and just keep them there? And that's what happens. And so over time, your skin becomes sensitised to these things because your skin doesn't know what to do with them. So say, for example, if you think of your one of your skin cells as a balloon, uh, a deflated balloon, and you keep on putting this substance inside this deflated balloon, at some point the balloon will blow up to a point where it explodes and it dies, and well, that's a skin cell. And that's what you call toxicity, where the, the toxin inside the cell becomes so great that it kills the cell. That's um, a great analogy if you can think that. So if you're putting these substances on your skin or consuming them, uh, that you're your cellular structure will tolerate it for a certain time and then it will become, uh, I guess, uh, t- toxified. Now, a great example of these things is gluten and lactose intolerance. Over time, you'll be eating bread. You know, like when you were young, you could eat bread and milk and no problems and all of a sudden you become bloated mm-hmm. and that is, you know, you become sensitised to gluten and lactose. And it doesn't matter. You can go on, go off it for years. Uh, you go back on it, and all of a sudden you become bloated again. It's because your cellular cells have got to understand that this stuff isn't good for me. And next time you seize it, oh my god, I don't want it near my system, so my body reacts. And it's the same thing with uh, chemicals uh, that we put on our body. So, like a classic example, and not everything natural is good for you. And when I say that, like if you look at essential oils, essential oils are very, very dangerous to the skin. A lot of the essential oils have actives in there which are known sensitising agents. And, you know, delimonene is a classic one, which is in most citrus oils. Um, 
And if, if you put that on your skin, you will become sensitised because it does cause sensitivity issues. So not everything natural is, is good for you. So you've got to, I think that a lot of skincare brands, a lot of the cosmetic and, and skincare industry, the best idea would be to understand what the skin needs uh, and to work from there. Instead of delivering something that you think the skin wants, is to understand what the skin needs and just deliver that because yeah. I know it might not sound very sexy and it may not be the, the the most wonderful smelling thing, but a boy, oh, boy, will your skin uh, love it. And it's what people want. Like that's the thing. People want good results. And and I think we're, we're getting to a point now where we're sick of um, having to rely on the same product over and over again because it's because it only gives you a surface level result so you you just kind of have to keep like topping up of the same product that is just masking whatever problem you have so like if you've got dry skin and you use this really oily moisturizer and you feel hydrated but then you don't you you're not actually fixing your dry skin like you're not hydrating your skin, you're just covering it in oil, right? I mean, that that, that seems to be uh, pretty common. Yeah, that's that's so very true, Matilda. It's, you know, when you do put oil over your skin um, and, you know, and and you're not lipid dry, all, all, the, all this product does is it basically wraps your skin in, in a type of a film, plastic, and... Uh, and makes your skin sweat, I guess. Or, and the other thing is that uh, if I digressed back when I was talking about how we we produce a lot of free radicals by breathing, when you wrap your skin in these products that don't allow your skin to excrete the um, the free radicals out, what happens to them? You you actually bind them to your skin, and that's where you get a lot of the skin insensitization and skin issues from because these free radicals have got nowhere else to go but, a, but cause trouble on top of your skin and inside your skin cellular layers. Um, so you need, to, you need to be putting on your skin uh, products that allows your skin to or let the, the gases out through your pores. Uh, that's a critical thing with the biology products. That they just absorb straight into the cellular structure and don't block any of the, the pore, uh, porous structure of your skin. So that doesn't cause any of the free radicals to, to um, start causing problems on top of your skin. Plus, at the same time, the biology product has a stack of antioxidants that neutralises them as well. It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, when you think about it, it's really logical. It's yeah. super, it's yeah. super it logical. It makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. And so then what are your thoughts on SPF? Because I know it's... Um, it's a bit difficult because we live in in a place where the sun is so harsh. So, like, obviously, you've got to be very, very careful around the sun. But, but then at the same time, um, a lot of SPF products are filled with with chemicals. And if you're putting that on your skin every day, you know, surely that's going to start to have an effect. So, what are your thoughts around that? Well, yeah. Well, it's. I guess it's the chicken and the egg scenario, Matilda. Um, Look, um, let's let's tackle it from both angles. Okay, let's be positive about sunscreen. Sunscreens have reduced the amount of uh, cancer 
uh, or skin cancer in the world. Uh, they have worked in exceptionally good fashion in that regard, um, and they still continue to do that. The uh, so I I think there is uh, a place in this world for uh, for SPF products. Uh, the SPF products fall into two categories. The one that reflects the sun away, where you've got your zinc and titanium dioxide uh, in nanoparticle uh, products. And then you've got your chemical absorption uh, sun, uh, SPF products that absorb the, uh, the uh, UV light and changes, they change the, uh, the structure of those so it doesn't damage the skin. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even know okay. that that's how it worked. Yeah, so that's, that's the two ways that it happens. The issue is uh, that other than the, okay, the issue is that a lot of these products or a lot of these uh, suntan products or to stop UV light are delivered in a cream or a lotion base and they have emulsifiers and, and things like that that coat the skin. And so when you're walking around with your suntan lotion on or your uh, SPF product on your skin, you're not allowing your, your skin to expel the, anti, uh, the free radicals. So after a while you get your skin irritation and skin sensitization, and, and people will say, I can't use that product anymore because it causes my skin to go red or I get itchy. And that's a classic example of, of, of what I'm talking about. So then what do you do? Do you stop using it? You can't because then you'll get sunburned. So I always, look, personally, I don't use sunscreens. I try to keep out of the sun during the middle of the day or I put a hat on. Uh, the other issue that we're also facing, and this is a major issue, is that we're all lacking vitamin D. Now, I'm, yes, you can go out and buy all your vitamin D tablets if you like, but it isn't the vitamin D we need. The only way that we can use vitamin D is to get sunlight on our skin because our body converts sunlight, a UV light, into the vitamin D we require. So we're in a it, it's a very complex situation we, we face. We, we've got a population that's getting higher and higher vitamin D deficiencies, but we also want to reduce the amount of, of damage to our skin from UV light. So we've, we've got to find a compromise somewhere. We've got to find yeah. a, a way of, and, you know, we've got to protect our kids as well. I can completely understand that we've got to wax sunscreen on them. Or do we educate? And this is the big thing with me. Let's just educate the population about what I know and what you guys know and just educate the population and say, look, you know what, don't go out in the middle of the day, stay inside, go and enjoy the sunlight in the morning and the afternoons, try and reduce mm -hmm. your amount of sun, sunscreen you have to use. If you have to go out, put it on because yeah. you do Safe need sun sunlight. exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's important, definitely. Well, like even with our... Um, um, son he's only eight months old but we do try and get a bit of sunlight on him but but it, like obviously we're very very careful and we don't do it during the middle of the day but it's it's important for us that he gets enough vitamin d for his immune system and all of this stuff but we get really judged for it because i can tell if we're outside like even if we're just in the backyard for a couple of minutes or something people kind of walk past and i can see them looking at us thinking to to themselves like oh you need to put put a head on that child and like even if it's just you know two or three minutes 
out outside with some sunlight on them. It's it's really important for us, but there's just that stigma around the sun um, that you just can can never have um, a baby out in the sun ever. But but I think that does need to change a little bit, and we just have to be a little bit more educated around the the importance of vitamin D. But obviously. You know, being safely. yeah, safely and being responsible about it. But um, yeah, I think we've we've kind of gone too far the other way now, where we're like terrified of the sun. But but we've just got to um, be a bit smarter about it, I think, and just yeah, be responsible. It's like the pendulum. Uh, I always say it's like uh, we we seem to react very quickly. Um, it's like like coronavirus is a classic example where the pendulum went swung very, very one way and we all shut down everything and now it's swinging back the other way where, and we'll find an equilibrium in the middle uh, mm-hmm. where we're going to be safe but we're also going to be be able to live our lives in a, in a fairly normal manner. And, uh, and it's exactly with sunscreen. Like no one used to use sunscreen, so we've got a huge amount of of skin cancer, and mm-hmm. and, and that's from us. Not and, and I guess there wasn't sunscreen products around at that time, mm-hmm. um, and now we're inundated with it, and we've now got the pendulum swinging the other way, where we've got a lot of skin problems associated with putting too much sunscreen on our skin, and vitamin yeah. D deficiencies. In terms of in terms of those um, two different types of sunscreen that you mentioned, um, if you're looking for a more natural, less toxic option, are you sort of looking at the zinc oxide based yes. ones? Yeah, yeah, I, I I would use zinc oxide or titanium dioxide uh, products over the your uh, UV absorbers. Mm-hmm. And um, back to uh, skincare. Sorry, I know we digressed a little bit on the SPF. That's all right. <laughs> I could talk for hours on anything you'd like, so. <laughs> oh, great, great. Um, can you tell us about, well, this is probably a little bit kind of gossipy, but um, can can you tell us some of the worst products um, that are in the skincare industry? At the yeah, moment? well, it doesn't need to be the products. It can be the ingredients and in products, um, or you don't have to name specific no, 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 brands. No, no, like, no, I'm not saying brand names, but but I mean, you know, different kind of products that, you think uh, not great? Oh, yeah, for us. yeah, and stuff that's just like a complete waste of money. You know, like I don't uh, know. You might, yeah, you might have some good ones. Yeah, sure. Look, um, I always have a laugh in regards to the way marketing spins things um, and how you get these certain things. And and you mentioned it before, Matilda, greenwashing or or you art. I can't remember, but greenwashing is a classic example of things that which uh, I always have a bit of a laugh at. I guess when you think about it, I, I guess your, the products micellar water is a is a classic example of something that's been greenwashed, and it looks like wow, wow, this is just water that they've done something with that takes my makeup off my skin. And if that was the case, that's awesome. Um, but unfortunately, uh, the actives in micellar water. True micellar water is things called glycols. Uh, they usually use propylene glycol, hexylene glycol, ethylene glycol, uh, those types, butylene glycol. Now, glycols are, the, are petrochemicals. They're produced from uh, produced from petrochemicals. Now, they are inert substances um, that aren't too toxic, but 
overuse of them would do cause skin sensitivity, as I've said before. What amazes me is that these things weren't produced to clean your skin. These things aren't new. They've pulled these things out of industrial applications. Glycols were developed for industrial applications. Um, And glycols, for example, are the number one thing that they use in car coolants. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, So car coolants are full of glycols. Um, because they extend the the boiling temperature of your radiator, which is perfect. Um, But they were developed for that type of application. So we are now pulling car coolant on our skin. And um, I just think this is ridiculous. You know, like, um, and if if it works, and I know that uh, micellar waters work, but just be honest about it and say, this has got glycols in it. Mm-hmm. They're from they're from this application, and leave it up to the consumer to make a decision on are they going to want to put that on their skin. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my thing. I think that you need to let the consumer know. Just say yeah. this is comes from this comes from this process or that process. Um, it's in our product. Uh, we're going to leave it up to you guys to buy it. Now, if, I know that's quite high and mighty of me, but um, but. Let the consumer decide. Don't baffle the consumer with a whole heap of rubbish and misinformation. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, totally, because it's just so confusing. But then there are so many people out there that will buy a product because it works. So like whether they know that it's full of crap, a lot of people will prioritise a working product over natural ingredients. It just depends on the type of person you are, I guess. Like some people prioritise natural over the outcome. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, Matilda, it, yeah, like my cellar water is a classic example. You know, uh, another another one that, that I find amusing is, is um, masks uh, that you put on your skin and uh, it's meant to rehydrate you, but basically you're, you're putting clean wrap or, or glad wrap, I'm not quite sure in New Zealand, but um, on your face. And, and you think it's going to do a wonderful job. Uh, like, like, you know, those just, I think there's a charcoal mask where you, you put the product on your skin and it, and it, and it, it dries off and you can, then you, it turns into a plastic and you pull it off your skin. Yeah. Like, um, my God, that's, that, you know what the active in principle causes the, the mask is hairspray. <laughs> I, I just find it just like, that's just beyond my, and again, I come back to the fact is that let's put products together that are beneficial to the skin. I don't know how that's beneficial to the skin, putting hairspray in a liquid form on your face. And the, the reason why it's in a liquid form is because it's full of alcohol that then evaporates, that draws the moisture out of your skin, and then you're left with plastic on your face. That's like... <laughs> There is oh no my goodness. Lo- there's no logic to any of that to be. Um, <laughs> that's yeah, that's 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 crazy. Yeah, I um I I remember when I was a teenager I had quite bad acne, so I went went to see a dermatologist. And she gave me this um skincare that I won't name, but um Name it. <laughs> no. But um, <laughs> but I used it for, for a while and but upon further research into my 20s, not really at the time, I realised that this stuff is 
terrible. It just, it strips your skin and there is not one ingredient in there. It's Cetaphil, okay? Um, Name it. There's actually not really one ingredient in there that is doing something for your skin. It's just taking everything away. So, hey, it might be good for acne, I'm not sure, but... It just seems a bit crazy to to me that if you've got a skin problem, shouldn't you be trying to help your skin with ingredients that are going to do something for it, like biology, rather than just stripping everything away and just leaving it to just sort itself out, you know? (laughs) It just seems so bizarre to me. Look, I totally agree with you. And and a lot of skin problems, like acne, are are not just a skin problem you know it's internal problems as well um and you know it's hormone imbalances it's nutrient deficiencies inside our bodies that cause that and a lot of acne is caused by inflammation and and you know toxicity um so you know there's a lot of imbalances in our bodies at the present moment you know that's why we see so many people that have got so many things wrong with them it's we're we're so out of balance in terms of the right nutrients we should be delivering and you know we're we're you know like we're told that we should be taking a thousand to two thousand milligrams of vitamin c a day when when our recommended daily intake should be 40 and i think wow where why wow Uh, yeah and and then we're told to take two thousand milligrams or one thousand milligrams of ascorbic acid not vitamin c (laughs) but like it's like we're just so, we're yeah. so, um, there's so much misinformation out there. And I guess, look, and, and to protect the industries in some ways, I mean, we didn't know, like, you know, what we're doing in the companies that, that I owned, this is all brand new. No one's done this before. And, and so I guess to some extent the industries didn't realise what they were doing. But, um, you know, I, I guess that, you know, it's taken many years to do this and uh, the amount of money I've spent on this is uh, just make, keeps me awake at night. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but you know, it, it, I, I, I love what I do because every day we, we find something new or something different and, 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 it's, and the hardest thing that we find is it's just the re-education of, of, of what we do and that it's pretty simplistic our cellular structure and we should keep it like that instead of trying to complicate it with uh, misinformation and marketing uh, hype and, mm-hmm. and, and, and and things like that. Yeah. Hey, so, Ross, what about, like, do you have any simple things that people can do to improve their skin? So, like, without maybe using any products, but, um, you know, people talk about drinking lots of water or... Um, I don't know, different things, different foods people can eat, anything like that that sort of comes to mind? Yeah, well, one, you've got to be careful with the amount of water you drink because you can um, flush out the water-soluble nutrients in your system by drinking too much water. Um, two, look after your lymphatic system. Your lymphatic system is probably the most important system in your body. People will say it's the blood vessels. But your lymphatic system is the system that takes all your toxins out of your body and moves your white blood cells around and also uh, is has your immunity system 
set up inside it. Uh, an immunity system is probably the most important thing that I, if I can get across today is that we've got to look after our immunity system. It's, it's being destroyed by, by constantly being attacked by, you know, our pollution, our environment, our stress, drinking alcohol and also, you know, the, the products that we put on our skin or consume that contain synthetics. So my suggestion is drink water but not excessive. Get out mm-hmm. in the sun in the mornings and the afternoons to get your vitamin D. Eat fresh vegetables and fruit if you can. Yeah. That's that's the key to it. Eat yeah. fresh vegetables and fruits. You know, when you say fresh, do you do you mean mostly um, uncooked if you can? Yes, uncooked if you can. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, uncooked if you can. Um, Isn't that interesting? It's it's all really simple when it boils down, but. We just, we try and complicate things so much, I think. Like, we need sunlight, we need water, and we need good food. Yeah. You know, it's, mm. it really is that simple, isn't it? Well, well <laughs> if, if you think about it, that's where we've come from. We, if you look at our history or how we have evolved, that's where we've come from. We have come from being out in the sun We've come from eating plants for either from wild harvesting or from crude vegetable gardens and drinking water. Mm. And then we've supplemented that when we've decided that we can kill animals and eat their meat. That's it. Mm. That's where we've come from. And that's why our cellular structure is the way it is and that's the reason why our cellular structure needs those nutrients. I I always say this, we um, have evolved over 2.7 million years to what we are today. Over the last 50 years, our dietary intake and what we've done to ourselves is changing our evolution. Uh, Mm. Prior to the the last 50 years, we were getting stronger, smarter, taller and fitter. If you actually look at the results now, all of those are in reverse. The only thing that's getting better is our life expectancy. And the only reason why our life expectancy is getting higher is because of the drugs we take to keep us going. We might not have a fantastic lifestyle, but we are kept alive. Um, yeah. And it scares me. It scares me to see, you know, young people who in their early 20s that have already got skin problems. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, science, the science of epigenetics, if you've got a chance read up on that. That's It's a great example of what we do at, at Biology and Plant Extracts. It's the other company that I own. Uh, a lot of it's about epigenetics uh, and how uh, if you toxify your body enough, it turns off our genes that then uh, changes your, your body style or your how you will live life. A classic example of that is if you eat enough food, you'll turn off uh, the wrong foods, you'll turn off the genes that metabolise your foods and you'll become fat. Um, and then that hereditary of turning those genes off, you'll pass on to your children. Um, the great great thing is, and this is the great thing that I love about epigenetics, they now know that if you eat the right nutrients from plants, that you can actually switch those genes back on. Um, so it's not dire consequences. It's just being able to deliver the right nutrients to, to either switch those genes back on or to help your body 
you know, get back to what it what it used to be like. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Hey, um, just going back to vitamin C. Yep. Um, and uh, why why couldn't you just smash a, a, an orange onto your face and rub it in? <laughs> like, would that work? <laughs> uh, yeah, you could. Look, in some ways you could do that. Uh, you just have to be careful. Um, we know where the nutrients are in plants. Uh, you know, most nutrients in plants are in the white pith. So when you're eating, like, say, a mandarin, you know, when you're segmenting the mandarin, you've got all that white pith. That's, suggest- that's Matilda's least favourite part of any fruit in the world is the pith of a mandarin. Yeah, it's it's foul. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> well, She can't be in the same room as me when I'm eating a mandarin. Well, it gets under your fingernails and it, uh, it's just yuck. Yeah, gross. Well, can I suggest, Art, uh, that you, when you're eating a mandarin, that you eat the the beautiful mandarin and pull all the pith off and then get uh, Matilda to then rub the pith on her face. <laughs> <laughs> That'll go down well. Ross, that is not ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where most nutrients are. Um, when we extract, say, for extract a, a watermelon, we pull all the red uh, stuff that we eat out and throw it out and we actually extract the skin where all the whiteness of the uh, skin of the watermelon is. That's where all the nutrients are. Um, so we've done a lot of work in regards to where the nutrients are kept and stored inside a plant um, and it's mostly inside that cellular structure uh, that is usually colourless um, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it, but I wouldn't smash an orange onto my face because, as I was talking to you about, oranges have essential oils and orange essential oil has a lot of delimonene in it that can cause a lot of skin problems. So peel it and then rub it on your face. <laughs> <laughs> Great advice. <laughs> and, and then um, just to uh, finish up, Ross, we would like to ask you our um, final question that, that we ask all, all of our lovely guests. Sure. And that question is, if you could eat three foods and three foods only for the rest of your life, what would they be? Um, bananas, because uh, they're very good energy. Uh, probably broccoli. I think broccoli would be one of the ones that I would eat too because it's got a hell of a lot of good nutrients for my body. Mm-hmm. And I would probably then eat a, a red vegetable of some type. Or fruit, probably pomegranate, because you need the nutrients, the red ones as well. Oh, pomegranate's an interesting one. That's new. It's it always really fascinates me how how people answer this question, like whether they go down the the route of what's gonna keep them going the longest and and the healthiest, or who's who's gonna have probably a relatively short lifespan considering the foods that they've chosen, but they'll they'll be pretty happy with their chocolate and cheese you know in red wine <laughs> in red wine yeah. well red wine's great it's got full of anthocyanins if you took the alcohol out of it it might actually work beneficial for your body oh that's good to know i wonder if you could get non-alcoholic red wine i think you can or you can you just eat red grapes yeah true true you can just <laughs> smash some, some just smash your grape on your face yourself. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your time, Ross. This has been really, really, really fascinating. I've really enjoyed it. 
No, that's great. I, I hope I hope I've been of of some help today. Um, it's there's so much to understand about our skin and and where we've come from. It's it's so critical that we understand our evolution. And if we can understand that, then we can actually save ourselves from the future. And that's the key. Thanks for listening. Thank you indeed. This podcast is brought to you by Raw Collective. And for any updates on our podcast or any of the other podcasts under Raw, head to rawcollective.co or you can follow them on Instagram at raw__collective.co. But wait, before you go, please subscribe to our podcast and also rate it and review it. Leave a nice little message and leave a smiley face, maybe an emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Or tell your friends. It's super easy. It takes two seconds and it would mean so much to us. Bye. Bye.